This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Pierre. Is this the Decibel Geek Podcast? Am I Aaron Camaro? Is that Chris Sinzak? These questions will be answered and many more today on Yes, This Is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah, I'm Aaron Camaro. Yep, that's Chris Sinzak. How's it going, man? Good, how are you? I'm good. Today is the day. Yes. The Inquisition is here. Yeah. This is something we've been wanting to do for a little while. Um, you know, just because like, I see how some other podcasts do, like, you know, just ask us whatever, and, and you know, we've never really done one of these. We so. never thought anybody cared about what we thought. Yeah. So I, I put it out there, and thankfully we had several people ask questions. So cool. we're going to go through, uh, this is the Ask Us Anything episode. Right on. But I think before we get started, we received some bad news this week. You yeah. Know, we, uh... We lost former guest and good friend of the show, Mike Hutchins. Yeah. You remember Mike? He came on during Christmas in July when we talked about Peter Chris in the 80s mm-hmm. because Mike was a member of the Chris Penrich Alliance. Yeah. That, that was a great talk. And, and he you know, he came out to Aaron's house when we were at the, the last location. And super nice guy, you know, just you know? really humble, yes. you know, polite man. And, um, you know, we tried to pull dirt out of him and he wasn't having it. No, you know? no. And I remember him. <laughs> I think I rem- what I remember best about Mike was he seemed a little unsure about what was going on at yeah. first, you know, because I don't think he was really in on podcasts no. and didn't know what we were doing and why anybody would care about that. And yeah. As we got going and he warmed up, man, he became yeah. good buddies with us there for a minute, you know, and yeah. it was just, it was like three old friends hanging out and getting told stories of, you know, kiss lore. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, part of a very, you know, interesting time in Peter's history, because there's not a lot known about it, at least till that episode. And he definitely filled in a ton of blanks yeah. for, for a lot of people on that episode. And, and painted a picture that yeah. everyone could imagine. Very, very cool stuff. And then um, also got to give a tip of the hat to Jason Thomas Broderick from uh, JTB's Groovy Record Room, because it was one of those small world occurrences where you know i found mike i got him to come out we recorded and then um you know he chimed in with 
that dude was my guitar teacher growing up. Yeah, and he was a lot of people's guitar yeah. teacher around here. The and, good uh, ones. And he shared. Uh, and one of his other students, uh, J- JTB, shared the status that he put up. It's just this incredible tribute to Mike, and you know, talking about just the kind of person he was, and and you know, all the the tools he helped equip a lot of these people with to play, and but was never you know braggadocious about it. Was just you know happy to see people go on to do good things and. He was just a general good guy, but like a, a true musician's musician. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, and, yeah. He was, I come to find out since his passing just how revered he was yeah. here in Music City. And that's, man, to say he was revered is a huge understatement. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a shame that he passed because I, I definitely wanted to see him again. Yeah, um, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, you know, rest in peace, Mike Hutchins. And, you know, and thanks again for taking taking the time to come on and share your story because that yeah. story you know i'm glad that we were able to get it told before he was gone um, right and that's one of the things my father-in-law kind of brings this up to me once in a while all the people that are doing podcasts out there right now when you're interviewing somebody you know that becomes a part of history yeah. you know and so a hundred years from now maybe if somebody wants to know something about the chris pendrich alliance they're going to hear the story and they're going to hear it from mike hutchins yeah. you know and and that's awesome to me you know i feel like I don't know. When we started this show, nothing like that ever occurred to me. No, how we were, we could be doing something more than yeah. just creating a podcast, you know. And in instances like this, and also like with Dick Wagner and even Jan Kunnemund, mm-hmm. you know, all people that have huge legacies that are gone now, yeah. and we got to talk to them. And so that's hopefully always going to be out there somewhere where somebody years from now can access that and learn a little something about rock and roll and how a couple yeah. of <clears throat> knuckleheads from you know in nashville tennessee <laughs> were trying to save it back in the mid-20s you know yeah and it was it's probably one of the best things about it is that it's an on-demand thing so like once yeah. it's out there it's out there as long as we host the audio it's out there so you know but yeah i'm uh i'm real proud of that episode and i'm I'm glad we got to know mike and yes. and yeah and i hope i hope his family's doing okay through this and uh yeah i just very appreciative of him but yeah we're gonna miss the guy most definitely so with that being said, you know what we got to do? We got to take care of our business because we've got a fun show planned for you today. So the best way to do that, reviews and recommendations. And the first one is not an Apple podcast review. Why is it not an Apple podcast review? Your first question is about to be answered <laughs> because we don't have any. Yeah, so get on it. Is the answer to that question. <laughs> There's a lot of you that listen that haven't left a review, so please do that. However... Do have a Facebook recommendation? It comes to us from Alan Train. I'm going to say this all wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. It comes to us all the way from Moncton, South Ayrshire, in the UK. And it goes a little something like this, short and sweet, to the point. He recommends the Decibel Geek podcast because it's ace, it's honest, informative, and fun. And a cool picture to go along with with the review of him. Uh... Enjoying an adult beverage yeah. while wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. And a uh, Aaron camaro bandana. Very stylish. I like it. Yeah. Stylish and a great review. Thanks, Alan. We yeah. appreciate that. And also our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week this week. These are people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's Radio Sucks 36, the Star Wars edition. Star Wars edition. The Force is with all these people. Geeks of the Week this week are Matt Ashcraft, Simon Cat, Kevin Williams, Todd Cunningham, Brad Schick, Ray Coon, Scott Crouch, Dan Nation, Shane Abair, 
James West, Jay Shabluski, Wayne Cross, Nate Atchison, Toddzilla's Rip Roaring Rock and Roll, Big Top. That's a mouthful. Yes. And Toddzilla. Abby Costello, Freaks and Geeks, Trevor McDougal, Lipstick Generation, Greg oh, yeah. Troyan, Ken J. West, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, David Glenn, Steve Wright, Kenneth Roy, Mike Parnell, Kristen Schimbeck, Bill Elam, Adam Cox, Brant Cattell, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mikhail Burrell, Warren Edward LaRue Baker, Rob in the Hood, Eladio, Mermels, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. Mermels? Mermels. That's fun to say. Yes. Mermels. Somebody needs to start an awesome rock band called The Mermels. The Mermels. So we can talk about them all the time. <laughs> like the legendary Pink Dots. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. 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 Except we'll probably never talk about them again. <laughs> the legendary Mermels. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to answer what's on everybody's mind? Yeah. We got a, a lot to go through here, so we'll get through as many of these as we can. Okay. So. Cool. First one comes from our good buddy, Nate Atchison, also known as Bushy. He's awesome. Says, other than Facebook and Instagram and Twitter shares, what's a good way to build a bigger audience? Hmm. Two things. Hmm. Dedication Hmm. and time. Yeah. It just takes time. You know, if you can consistently deliver a decent podcast for a long period of time... Along with the time comes the more people that hear it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's ways. I'm sure there's bots and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long to get there, did it? <laughs> but, um, no, seriously, I, it, I just think it takes time. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, you got any suggestions? Well, I mean, well, aside from sexual favors. Um, <laughs> you can get a lot of followers that way yeah, if you're good. Yeah. You know, you know Bushy. We had that night yeah, in Nashville. Yeah, you can get them. Um, but uh, also. You know, it's going to sound hypocritical of me. Putting your content out on a regular basis, that especially if you're getting started. Well, I was going to say on a regular basis or on a schedule. Well, we got no room to talk about schedule, but over the years, I think our track record is pretty, pretty damn good. good. You know, how yeah. many podcasts have fallen by the wayside in, you know, month one? Month a lot. Two, Most of them year do. Year one. Yeah. Year two. You yeah. know, there's so many old ones out there that I remember checking out at one time, and then all of a sudden they just stopped coming out with episodes. Yeah. Know? It's hard to keep a podcast going, but it's easy if you love what you're doing and yeah. you're having a good time doing it. Yeah. And it's just, it's a time thing. That's yeah. that's what I tell everybody that asks me that. Because, I mean, we got pretty good numbers. Sure. You know, we do really good. And we got a lot of Facebook friends that yeah. like the page, and you know that's really cool, and we love that a lot. But it really just came with time, yeah. you know. And I think word of mouth is the best way to learn about something. When you have a friend who's a rocker, for example, for us, mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, do you listen to podcasts?" And the other friend says, well, "No, I don't know what that is." Hey, check this out. This is Decibel Geek, you know. Mm-hmm. And little by little, over time, that's what happens. Yeah, you know? I would. So as long as you're you stick with it, yeah, and Give good content. Yeah, over time your audience will will find itself. I mean, it yeah. just it just you just have to give people time to find you, and also you know just for some inside stuff, guest on other people's shows. Yeah, because because you're you're going to be talking directly to another podcast audience. That's right. We just read a review just a few weeks ago about a guy that heard us talking about Doctor Feelgood yep. on Rock and yeah. Roll. You know, and also have other podcasters come on your show, right? Because yeah. then they'll share that with with other people. It's really just networking and connections with people, but build your community. But you know, above all else, have fun with what you're doing. Because right. if, if you're not having fun, no one's going to want to listen to that yeah, anyway. Because what's the difference if you got a hundred listeners or a hundred thousand listeners? If you're enjoying what you're doing, that's what's that's really all that matters. Most important. So yeah, you know, do what you love. This is what they always said, and I believe this to be true. If you're if you're doing your art because you want to make money chances are you might not get it but if you're doing your art because you love it and you're doing it because of that 
then eventually the money will come because yeah. you've got a passion for something. And if you've got a passion for something and you put everything into it, then, you know, somebody's bound to see it and go, this is worthwhile. You yeah. know, that's what I always dreamt for the Decibel Geek podcast. You know, yeah. this could be something where maybe we could make a living doing it. But isn't that every podcast? Yeah, I mean, but just we don't all, make it all about money. We all want to quit our jobs. Yeah, <laughs> we all would like to, but just have fun with it. That's the biggest thing. Um, next question from Susan Weiss, one of our few female listeners. Do you guys enjoy what you were doing with Decibel Geek and are you happy with the fans? Happy with the fans. You're all friends. You're not fans. Right, yeah. It's funny We're to not, think about it like that. I can't view any of you people as fans. It's your friends. I don't know. It's okay to be a fan of the Decibel Well, I think that's podcast. great, but not it's of us. Little, it's a little funnier when you think, oh, you're a Chris Sinzak fan, or oh, you love Aaron Camaro. Well, I have a few. But, I mean, I know that. I know we do, you know, but we're married to them, and, you know, they're our parents. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but, uh yeah, I mean, fans, friends, listeners, it's all good, you know? Yeah. No, I as mean... As long as they're happy with us, yeah. I mean, we're happy. Yeah. I love all our listeners. Yeah. It's fantastic. And even even people that used to listen don't listen anymore because there's a lot of people that bounce from show to show. If you took any time to listen to us, I'm happy. I sure, appreciate totally. it. You know, even if you just come in once in a while when we're talking about something you're interested in or if you're something, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Are even if you... Happy with what we're doing with Decibel Geek? Of course. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd we probably, wouldn't be here yeah, if we didn't. We'd, we'd stop doing it if it wasn't any fun. <laughs> yeah. it's And it's therapy. <laughs> it keeps us sane. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> For sure. All right. So uh, one of our newer friends or fans, Warren Edward LaRue Baker asks, obviously Kiss is a favorite, but any metal bands that you dug as a teen slash young adult that, you just, that just didn't age well and you can't get into anymore? I don't know if there is anyone. Most of them I still like. Yeah. Because um, what I liked when I was young is still what I like now. But as far as <clears throat> bands that really gave you a charge back in the day that don't really do that for you anymore, you can still like them. I would say Motley Crue is probably at the top of that list. I still love Motley Crue I as still, much today as I ever did, I think. I still like them, but I hardly ever go back and listen to much of their stuff. Really? I still listen I to Motley Crue. They kind of faded for me. So I guess maybe them. Um, I'm not as big of a Def Leppard fan as when yeah, I was me neither. And I really I, loved them back in the when day. when I was a kid, you had On Through the Night and High yeah. and Dry and Pyromania mm-hmm. and a couple of songs off Hysteria. Yeah. And then it's just, now I don't, I don't listen yeah. to Def Leppard. I mean, I still go back and listen to the first couple albums, but I'm not a fan of Yeah, Def but I don't Leopard. reach for them. I wouldn't go see Def Leppard if they were playing here tonight. It would depend on if I got it for free. They're not going to play any of the songs you like. Yeah, their set list has really gotten... Pretty bad. They're gonna play all. They're gonna play what I would consider to be the worst of Def Leppard. <laughs> Pretty much. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Def Leppard's definitely my answer. <clears throat> I'll say this because I really don't ever listen to him now. But I was very big into Bon Jovi when, yeah. growing up. Like, not like a super fan, but like, but I, I, you know, Slippery When Wet, New Jersey, those two in particular, I would listen to the shit out of those records. But yeah, I never listen to them now, and I really hate what they've turned into i would say bon jovi but i was never really a big fan of theirs back then i had slippery when wet but they ruined it for me they showed me that bon jovi was for girls and these other (laughs) bands were for guys you know and so like when the girls all like bon jovi then all of a sudden it's like wait it became uncool to be cool now yeah i kind of secretly listened to them but uh slippery when wet's still a great record but it's got it's got got some really great especially richie's guitar playing yeah but okay yeah those are the ones that come off come to mind right off the top of my head so, uh, Robert Sedler asks, what's the lamest opening act you've ever sat through? Oh, that's a good question. Do you know? 
the one that pops to mind quickly, and it's not that they weren't talented guys. It just didn't translate well to an audience was Trickster opening for Kiss on the Revenge Tour. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. They just, nobody gave a shit about them. That was the thing, yeah. <clears throat> everybody was there for Kiss. Yeah. And Great White didn't have that problem. Because when they come out, they want everybody over well, immediately at the show I saw. Another one that opened for Kiss that definitely didn't do well was Power Man 5000. I saw them open for Kiss, too. Yeah, and, and I like Power Man 5000. And I like some of their stuff, but, some of it. but people weren't having it. And I also saw, and yeah, yes, I'll admit it, I saw Limp Biscuit at, at an arena. They were the headliner, and um, System of a Down was opening. And they weren't good? They weren't really known yet, yeah. and people were just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Because they were so off the wall. Um, My buddy Tommy dragged me to a show one time by a band called Mindless Self-Indulgence, <laughs> which they're crazy. But yeah. their opening act was some kind of weird techno band called Julian K. I remember them. And when that came out, I was like, what am I doing here? That, Why like, did I come to yeah, this? Yeah, I was like late 90s. A lot of that techno electronica stuff yeah. was big, like Prodigy and stuff yeah. like that. See, I didn't dig that. But then when Mindless came out, I don't know. There's that music don't really rock, but it does because there's yeah. guitars in it, you know. So I don't know. They were really cool, but that opening band was. Ugh, I saw Prodigy terrible. at Lollapalooza. Yeah, right. They came on right before Tool, and they were actually great. Huh. People were really into them. I am a fire starter. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that any of them were really lame. I guess Trickster had the lamest response of any band I'd seen open for a bigger band. And just because I think they were so young, a lot of people didn't know who they were. Yeah. I don't remember if I knew who they were. Well, they had that one single, Give It To Me Good. That was on MTV at the time that I saw them open for them. See, I wasn't a big fan of Trickster. But it was Trickster and then Great White and then Kiss. And Great White was great. Yeah, they were awesome. So, of course, kicked ass. Grayson Gallegos asks, you're given the opportunity to go on tour with a band for a week. What band and why? Mm. What band would you want to tour with? This was recently a question on the Decibel Geek Facebook page. And, you know, if you don't like us on Facebook, yeah, you should definitely go no. do that because then you can get in on conversations like this because we got Coxie over there. And he's always asking good questions mm-hmm. just like this one. And I saw a lot of really great answers on yeah. there. Willie Nelson's kind of hard to argue with. <laughs> well, and we all know why. <laughs> and I'd like to go on tour with Willie Nelson. Um, um, let's see. Who else? Who would I want to go on tour with? I don't know if you want to go on tour really with somebody that you really admire. Because if you spend too much time around them, them. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to go on tour with Ace Fraley because I like him no, too much. No, I wouldn't either. And I'd probably just be hanging out with Ryan, Phil, and Jeremy the whole time anyway. Well, even though I admire him. I'd say ACDC. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I know you're going to get a, a killer set every night, but also they're more relaxed now than they used to be, and I'm too old to party like crazy. So yeah. it wouldn't be any younger band because I wouldn't be able to keep up with them. I think maybe I'd like to go on tour with Guar <laughs> and be one of their crazy stage hands. Alice Cooper. Be somebody gets my head chopped off. Alice Cooper would be fun. That would be fun. Alice Cooper and ACDC, that's what comes to my mind right now does it seem like it wouldn't be a lot of fun to tour with kiss right now oh yeah that, that they that didn't even no it seems like it would be it's dull like you, you get backstage and be like where'd everybody go oh in four different directions yeah you, know? you can have a latte with paul yeah, um, i don't think so definitely guar or willie nelson okay here's um one from ryan richardson he says i know chris does not like black sabbath's born again you're right and I'm not sure if maybe I may have missed him explain why, but other than Chris saying that he thought Zero the Hero was slow in plotting, 
I don't remember him hearing him say what he doesn't like about it. Was it the songs or the, or the production of it? Did he not like? Did he not think Ian Gillen was a good fit for Sabbath? All of the above. Thanks in advance if you answer this. I can answer that one for him because yeah. Chris Sinzak is an Ian Gillen hater. True. That's why I don't like Ian Gillen's voice. I never have. I don't understand. I love some of the songs he did with Deep Purple because they're amazing songs. But his voice grates on my nerves, always has. Huh. Just, I, like I can't get into it. I like Born Again. I like all his stuff. But the the album, it's just, it's, it sounds like it was fucking produced in a trash can. It's, I mean, it's it, it, not that great. It's, not true. It sounds like a group of guys that don't have a clue of what they're doing and they're all really gacked out on cocaine. Well, they know what they're doing. Well, it's. If what you're doing is getting gacked out on cocaine. But it just, it sounds directionless. It just. It's like this is the best we could come up with in the middle of our drug haze. I mean, that's why it just doesn't come off inspired to me. It never has. That works for some bands. It does, but not for that one for me. I, but I know there's a I lot like of people. You love it. A lot of yeah. people love it. And, and the album cover is ridiculous. The album cover is awesome. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about that on the Chris Devil Baby show for VIPs. That's a cool T-shirt or poster. It makes a better shirt than an album cover, but I digress. I don't. I just don't I like. I don't like it all the way around. The, the Ian Gillen era was not my favorite. <laughs> Purple Sabbath. Brian Knapp says, "Can we please hear Chris play and sing more than words by Extreme on guitar?" Wow. <laughs> No. That's a mighty request. What a strange question. <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, I got the Fender Acoustic in the other room if you want to bust it out for it. I haven't played that song in 20, 25 years. Tap the guitar. Oh, yeah. I used yeah, to do yeah. I used to play it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But uh, maybe he, this is maybe Brian caught you at a club back in uh, the early 2000s. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I, but I don't. I don't. You certainly don't need to hear me sing it. I can't <laughs> sing for shit. No one needs to be tortured like that. Next year at Rockin' Pod, you can be up on stage doing that right as oh. soon as Rich Sir is done. Yeah, I'll let him handle the vocals. I'm sure he can handle it. Um, Alex Oliva says, why don't you invite Michael Lee Smith from Stars on the show? I'd I, love to have that's, him. That's a great question. I don't know. I, I, I mean, have uh, old Doobie on, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. A lot of, he was and, a lot of fun at Rockin' Pod yeah. that year. He seemed like he'd be a really good guest. And to be honest, guy, I mean, I don't know if we really say this publicly, but like our interviews, we... If it's if at all possible, we like to do them in person. Yes. So there's a lot of people that we'd love to have on that it's just, but it's going to require a Skype call. It's just not the same. And we'll do it like we did with Jeff Scott Soto, right. and, and we'll do it with certain people. But if we can, you know, sometimes we'll just wait and see if they come to town before we ask them to come on. And here's the difference. And here's something I guess a lot of podcasters that listen to this will find interesting and maybe agree with. It's always better in person. Yeah. You can look across the table at somebody and know when it's when they're done speaking and when it's your turn. And a lot of times you get on Skype and it's everybody popping over the top of everybody else. Yeah. And you're just trying to get a quick point in or yeah. make a little observation. And, you know, because you don't never want to talk over your guests. And right. so you try, but you still want to be a part of the conversation and yeah. bring things to but it. But if you don't see them, it's very easy it's, to cut each other off. Yeah, it's way difficult. And it's, <clears throat> it's a bitch to edit. Yes. I hate editing the Skype episodes. Yeah. I really do. But I always take pride in making sure that, you know, make it all sound as presentable as it can be. Mm-hmm. But when it's in person, man, those edits are nothing. And you know, also, just, there ain't really no editing to do when they're in person unless somebody sneezes. Yeah. It's and, just the difference. You and, know? and yeah, that's maybe podcast snobby, but that's, that's just the way we prefer it because it's just better that way. And also, and, and I do want to, you know, we've been so busy in our personal lives over the last few months. We haven't really lined up interviews like we used to, which yeah. I, I do want to get back into doing some more interviews. But there's, 
Another reason Michael may not have come on the show is there's so much to choose from guest wise that are here locally. Yeah. So we try to we try to knock on doors here and and get people that live here locally first. So right. um, which we're gonna probably jump but back I mean, into doing more of. So we're not above doing it on Skype. No, we, no, no, not have, at all. And we have many, many times yeah. over the years, and it's not that well. It's worth it for this guy, but not for that guy. <laughs> not at all. It ain't nothing. No, like I that. don't want it to come off that way. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, he'd well, be a good we'll, guest. We'll, we'll talk to Whitfield Crane from Ugly. Kid Joe on Skype, but I don't know if anybody else is up to that level. <laughs> Not that at all. <laughs> but so, yeah, maybe, you know, he's definitely somebody to keep in mind for the future. Um, here's one we've already answered. Are you getting rich yet? That's from Jan Ove. Uh, no. Would you like to buy a t-shirt? Yeah, please buy a shirt. Buy a t-shirt? <laughs> or, have we sold any t-shirts lately? It's been forever. Really? Yeah. That's a bummer. Although I do have that new design I came up with. Yeah. I should try to put that one out. So um, yeah, No, definitely not rich yet. Um, but not yet. Maybe one day. The key word there, I think, and you put it perfectly, is yet. Yeah. Because someday, yeah, someday, will all these podcasters will be millionaires because we'll be the premier form of entertainment in the entire world. Once radio dies, that shouldn't be long. Um, Darren Faulkner says, "What tour did you miss that is your biggest regret?" Oh shit, man. Living here in Nashville is so good for that. Mine's not a tour, but it's a show. There's great concerts that happen all the time. And, you know, I just, it sucks when you miss them. You know, I I ended up missing that last Maiden tour just because I had a, a fucking awful day at work and just couldn't bring myself to go. And I still kicked myself in the ass. Yeah, that. I had a feeling you were going to regret that I one. I wanted to see it so bad. Yeah, and I just was my. I blame my job. See, that's why we need to get rich. Yeah, so we don't have to have jobs. So we don't have an excuse of why we would ever miss a concert or mm-hmm. ever miss an opportunity to. Because you okay, let's let's step back for a minute and combine these two questions. Because mm-hmm. if we were able to do this for a living, mm-hmm. we would be able to do this show so much better than what we already oh, yeah. do it. Because we'd be going to shows every night mm-hmm. and we'd be interviewing people all the time and doing all different kinds of things. And it'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I'd come up with a new episode every single day if I could do this for a living. For sure. At least five days. And then we'd never miss any of the concerts or tours we ever No, that'd be seen. amazing. Yeah. Um, as far as anyone in particular. That Maiden one sticks out, I'm sure. That Maiden one definitely sticks out. Um, but so many. I just miss the Super Suckers again. The Super Suckers are one of my favorite bands. I've never seen them live. It's the Super Suckers curse every time they come to Nashville, which is... Pretty often. Pretty often compared to most bands. Yeah, they play here a lot. Something always happens. That was that, it was that way with uh, me with Rush until I finally saw them on the yeah. Clockwork Angels tour. So they would have been my answer. My answer is not really a tour but a show. When Metallica came to play Bonnaroo, they did a surprise show yeah. at the basement, which is this little, little club in Nashville, literally in a basement. Yeah, it's tiny. And they did a surprise show for fan club members. Well, one of my friends was a fan club member, and they told him all they could do a plus one. So he calls me at about 5 o'clock that afternoon, I don't know, maybe 4 or 5 o'clock that afternoon, and leaves a voicemail saying, Metallica's here, I can get you in, get down to basement. Yeah. Well, at that time in my life, I was running an um, independent contractor newspaper route for the Tennessean, delivering to like grocery stores and gas yeah. stations. So that was during – I was in mid-sleep during that time. Oh. And I woke up at about 11 o'clock that night, checked my phone, listened to my voicemail, was ready to commit suicide. Just missed it. I would have seen it. 
I uh, I still kick myself for missing that call because I would have said fuck sleep and gone down there to I see. I remember that. hearing about that. It was a huge day. deal. Yeah. yeah, I could have been in there. And, and he told me he's like they were fucking packed in there like sardines, man. Like when we went to yeah. see Dick Wagner that time. Or worse. Yeah, worse, <laughs> for sure. So that's yeah, that one stands out to me. Yeah, that's like uh, Metallica playing in your living room. Gene Vogel says, when Baco gets drunk, does he also get handsy? You know he does. <laughs> Pawing at you all the time. That's a quick yes. Um, Christopher Stokes <laughs> asks, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow, either African or European? Depends if it's carrying a coconut or not. I'll, we'll just go with that. And then, of course, and so we have the smart-ass section. Uh, and then Andy Connors, our sound man from Rockin' Pod, says, can you explain Manifest Destiny? What were some unintended qu- consequences of the Magna Carta? Ah, that's a good, good question. Um, Manifest Density is a song off Local H's uh, <laughs> album, something As Good As Dead, <laughs> which is actually a two-part song. But if you're like me, you put it in your uh, little audio editor and you make it into one song when you put it on your iPod. And Magna Carta was like this hippie prog rock band that brought us Davy Johnstone, who would later go on to play on Alice Cooper albums. That's, so, that's a deep pull. I yeah, didn't know that. That's Magna Carta and Manifest Density. All right, but Michael Bagford says, which hard rock musician do you think you would have been cool to see in 80s action movies? Well, Blackie Lawless <laughs> was supposed to be the evil Terminator. Yeah. I mean, that would have been cool. I've got the right. Maybe, maybe not in retrospect. I don't know if that movie would have stood the test of time if Blackie had been the Terminator um, in it. I've got the ultimate answer. Kane Roberts. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looks like an action hero. Yeah, he should have definitely been. Could you imagine if there was like a series of movies where he became a big star and kind of like a Charles Bronson kind of guy? Well, he, he looked like Rambo. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't do that. I mean, in the 80s, that would have been huge. It would have been yeah, awesome. Kane, Kane Roberts, Kane Roberts is, the is the answer. Yeah. Uh, David Hudson, our good friend from Digital Kill, the radio star. Why is John Karabi not a household name? If I knew, I would I would tell him what to do. Yeah, I have no idea. It's It doesn't seem right. It, he should be. He deserves so to be. so talented and awesome and writes such great songs. Yeah. I don't, yeah, because <laughs> I he, don't know. He, well, he's a household name in our households. Yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. counts for something. Um, Otto Erlen Gregerson, who's also a DBG VIP on Patreon. Go to patreon.com and sign up if you haven't. Yes, please. Says, uh, what is the best concept album, hard rock album, of course, ever released? And bonus question, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's what he meant. No, that's what came to Uh, mind, though. Best Best concept album. Is there a good concept album? Music from the Elder? No. Best one? If that's the best one, it, um, then they all suck. But um, what about Pink Floyd, The Wall? I mean, you got to put that. <clears> that's right kind of hard to argue. I don't know if that's hard rock. Um, it's not really hard rock. I would, see. I would go with um, shit. This is that's actually a tougher question than I thought that's it was going to be. I wish I'd have thought about if Crimson I Idol Wasp. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good one too. I, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I don't Some know. Some people think Dada is, but I don't know that that's really a concept oh, yeah. album. That was kind of up for a debate when we talked to Dick. That's right. Um, let's see. Or you haven't answered yet. Or did you think The Wall? I don't know. I guess The Wall. I can't think okay. of I'm sure by later I'll be like, oh, it's this one. Of right course. now there's I people should've... screaming at their iPods uh-huh. with their answers yeah. of what we're missing. Yeah, I know. On the spot. That's yeah. the way it goes sometimes. Uh, Gregory Muse asks, if you could see any concert from any band on any tour, what would it be? Jeez. Oh, that's easy for me. I'd like, I'd like to be nine years old standing in time next to my father-in-law when Kiss was playing Mothers up the street here in Nashville. That's a good one. In early, early days. To see them where it was everything was real basic. Yes. 
Kiss Kobo Hall, 75, 76, around the time of Alive. Because, yeah. you know, it's great to watch that on video, but I can only imagine how much better it was being there. Yeah, Rock and Roll Time Machine is my number one fantasy. Just yeah. the time machine that takes you to the concerts that you want to go to. Ramones at CBGB's, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. I, we could make a whole list of these. Yeah, this could go on. That could be forever. an episode, Rock and Roll Time Machine. That could be a podcast. Yeah, it probably could. It's actually a good podcast name. Yeah. Um, Paul Korn, one of my favorite people that is great with puns. If you could swap a guitar player into any band, what do you think would be the bat, the baddest ass result? Hmm. So a guitar player from a band going into another one to make it better. Ace Fraley. <laughs> Gee, I'm shocked. Into Blondie. Ace into Blondie? Yeah, Ace into Blondie. Rock out the Blondie songs. Huh. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I was watching a thing where Blondie was on Saturday Night Live, and I was looking at the band going, why do they need two guitar players? The one guitar player is barely doing anything. Yeah. What if Ace Fraley was in this band? Hmm. How awesome would that be? That's interesting. I'm trying to think of what. And that just pops into my head because I saw it the other day and that was my thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's my thought process. How awesome would this ravioli be if Ace Frehley was here to eat it with me? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I see. <laughs> it's great, Carly. <laughs> oh, we're already off the rails. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I've never been a giant Kirk Hammett fan, so maybe. Slash into Metallica. No, not Slash. It needs to be the right type of player. Maybe either... He could make it even cooler. Paul Gilbert or Jason Becker into Metallica. So there'd be a little bit of... That'd that, be A little bit of, like, shredding going on. Metallica would be power metal prog rock. Yeah. All right. Um, That's cool. Good question. Warren Edward LaRue Baker also asks, what got each of you started in podcasting? Chris Sinzak. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, I, I started an office job and got an iPod just because I wanted to listen to my songs because I, all I had at C- were CDs at that point. I wanted to kind of get everything into one spot. And the Apple iTunes store, you know, I found podcasts. I had no idea what they were. But uh, the first two I remember seeing were uh, Adam Carolla, who yeah. I was a big fan from The Man Show uh, and Loveline on MTV. Yeah. used to watch him. So, and I always thought he was hilarious because he was so sarcastic. And... Um, Originally, um, Chris Hardwick, who had the Nerdist, because I remembered him from Singled Out on MTV, yeah. and I always liked his personality. So those were kind of the two that got me into it, and then I found Marin probably two weeks later. And once I found Marin, that really kind of – that's what actually tripped the switch with uh, what know, I'm wanting to get into. Did it. you know who Marin was before you heard yes. the podcast? Yeah, I had no idea. I had followed his stand-up career. Because yeah. like, I don't really ever talk about this, but I, I am a bit of a comedy nerd, especially from the 80s and 90s. I would, you know, I would turn on. You remember Comedy Central used to just show stand up yeah, all day? Yeah. Dude, I would watch that like I used to watch MTV. Really? Just hours. And like, he would even start repeating and I'd still watch it. Yeah, wow. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a nerd for comedy stuff. Not so much the today's comedians. I do love, but Bill Burr and some other ones. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But <clears throat> yeah, Marin was, uh, Marin was a regular on um, like Letterman and Conan and. I'd see him on there, and he was on Comedy Central a lot. He was also the host of a show called Short Attention Span Theater. That was it was just another show introducing comics. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I followed him from there. But then um, he had done an interview with Robin Williams at the time, and it got all this critical acclaim. And I'm a big fan of Robin Williams, and I listened to that. And hearing like an hour and a half long conversation with somebody that I admire, with all this deep stuff about not just only their career but about their life. 
that was, I mean, Marin really is what tripped the switch for me wanting to, to do it. I could start a podcast and maybe, just maybe, someday Vinnie Vincent will be on it. Wow. We're not getting into that. <laughs> I've, I've, it, I, it you, came true. All of you listening know that whole story. But, um, but yeah, Vinnie was also part of getting me into it because my book, the book I was writing on him, you know, the whole, because the computer crashed yeah. and I lost everything but the audio recordings. And it was like, I have the audio recordings. I start listening to Marin. Oh, this is just like me recording with Rick Fox or whoever. Right. Yeah. I'll just use these. And that's how it started. That's cool. And then Aaron, I found Aaron on uh, Craigslist. On the street corner. In the, in the misconnections. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. History was again. Nate Anderson was not satisfied with the answer the first time. And he wants to know, other than Facebook and Instagram <laughs> oh, shit, he asked and it Twitter twice. shares, <laughs> What's a good way to build a bigger audience? We told you. We already told you, man. That's all we know, I swear. Uh, Tom Neuerberg. I just met Tom and his wife um, <clears throat> downtown um, a couple weekends ago. I was bartending for Americana Fest. Don't hate me. And um, <laughs> <clears throat> need to make money. And uh, him and his wife were in town from California, so I got to meet him and his lovely wife. That's Great cool. people. Right he says, name an artist or band each of you love that would surprise us. I don't know that anything – I've been pretty yeah. well exposed for the lame shit I liked. So yeah, me too. I don't know that there's anything that's that surprising. Um, Go back to the way, way beginning and listen to the episode that we did Defend Your iPod on. <laughs> oh. You had some weird-ass rodeo some song. Canadian – yeah, Canadian country music. That was awful. What was my – oh, my – oh, God. Yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Juice Newton. Juice Newton, if you're new to the show. Uh-huh. I wasn't well, we even done that in a while. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tom, for bringing Juice Newton back into it. Here come the memes. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, that was just. I, I like the song. I'm pretty shallow with my music. It's taste, not like so, I have her you know. discography in in my house or anything. No, he's got it in his car. I've got <laughs> I've got half of it. Um, yeah, it's in my car. Uh, Chuck Noseworthy, good friend of ours who actually came into town once and, and yep. visited with us. He said, if you could re-record one early Kiss album with the current lineup, which one would it be? None. Uh, yeah. I, I would. That's sacrilege to me. Maybe hotter than hell just for sound quality, but I, I, I like the current lineup. They're good guys, but I don't want them recording any of the early stuff. No. Mm-mm. They they, they did, that did that with, thing, with that the Sonic Boom disc. Jigosin or whatever that was. Jigoku Ritsuden. Jigoku Ritsuden. Yeah, which I never listen to anymore. No. I think I listened to it once, and that was it. I like uh, Eric Singer doing Black Diamond. Um, cool. But yeah, I can't think of no early ones. Nah. I don't Maybe redo the Gene and Paul songs on Unmasked and rock them up a little yeah. bit. <clears throat> maybe. James it'd West. Be interesting to hear. I don't know if I'd like it, but it'd be interesting to hear. James West wants to know: Do either of you guys listening to listen to any black metal, whether it's old school like Venom slash Merciful Fate, or later bands from Norway like Mayhem, Emperor, etc.? And what are your favorites? If you do, I really don't. I've given Merciful Fate a shot a few yeah, times. Because that's King Diamond, right? It's King yeah. Diamond and King Diamond. Um, I, I can get into some of it musically, but the vocals just kill it for me. I, I just I can't deal with the vocals on a lot of that stuff. Turbo Negro. They don't it. fall into that. <laughs> They're Norwegian. Oh, please. And they wear hats. Tony Harnell's Norwegian, or at least he was in Norway yeah, for a while. definitely Tony Harnell. That's yeah, my, Tony Harnell. He's my favorite black <laughs> he's metal He's our black singer. metal's favorite uh, singer. And Tim Skold. I like him, too. Uh, Scott Crouch asked for our top favorite live bands. Go listen to the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're, uh, we're not going to spend time on that. He was that. just helping us with a plug. Yeah. yeah. Check out the archives at decibelgeek.com. 
Tom Gigliotti, who's from the um, Shout It Out Loudcast. Right on. What band should have a box set like Kiss with a mix of demos, rarities, etc.? My first thought is a Van Halen set. I I think That's he's awesome. right. All of them. It seems like everybody we talk to, every artist we talk to, that's something I always find myself asking. You got any rarities or box sets or something for a box set, something demos, some songs that were never released before? That's the dream, you know? Yeah. Judas Priest, you know, oh, ACDC. Like I, I know Judas Priest has done a box, but More like kiss. a real one. Um, Van Halen would be a great one. Yeah. Just because you know Eddie's got some gems that are not released. That these bands do have these yeah. songs, you know? So Thin Lizzy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I bet there's some. Oh, I heard there's some a ton of stuff that hasn't been released. Really? Yeah. See, that's the dream. When yeah. you, like I said, a million times, your favorite band all of a sudden says, oh, we found all these songs that mm-hmm. you know were never released but were recorded during your favorite eras of the band. Yeah. I don't think Alice has really ever done a great box set. He's just done re-releases that are in a box but not with like a lot of extras. I could be wrong on that. but you Just go down the list. Every band yeah, that's got – All the bands any, we love. <laughs> any band that's got some history and a good discography and has a bunch of stuff, I mean, yeah – just, yeah, all my favorites. And especially Everyone. that, that um, Cobras and Firebox set. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That, I looks, get that. that looks conspicuously like an Aerosmith box set. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> box of fire. Yeah, I, was like, yeah, I sent, I sent uh, Loose Cannon a message. I was like, you need to sue these fuckers. They, retroactive, <laughs> they retroactively ripped you off. They got in a time machine. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, Digital Killed asks, uh, what is your favorite song off Warrant's Dog Eat Dog? Hole in my wall, but I love them all. It's a good one. Um, Hole in my wall, I'm, I think number one. It's a tie. Bitter pill or April twenty thirty one. Both great songs. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to pick off that one. It's such a classic. Eladio from Twitter asks, "What are your thoughts on Pretties for You by Alice Cooper, and what are some of the highlights for you on it?" My favorite is Fields of Regret, but overall, I love the whole album. Like you two love Dada, wow. which is also a great album. Keep up the great work. Uh, I'm sorry, Eladio. I can't stand that whole record. I don't. I don't really like anything on it. Yeah, them first couple Alice Cooper albums are kind of tough. Yeah, Pretties for You and Easy really Action strange. are both bad, in my opinion. But I, I could see why people could dig it. They're you know, just because it's different. Very avant garde. Anything. But yeah, I'm not big on. Not it. a fan. Sorry. Junkyard Junkyard Rock Story says, "What are your thoughts on Beautiful Creatures, especially yeah. the first album when DJ Ashba was in the band? The second album is also killer, in my opinion." Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Love your shows. I got that second album. I think it's called Deuce. Yeah. It's really good. I think I like that one better than the first one, but I do yeah. like the first one, too. Yeah, that's a great unsung band. Not yeah. a lot of people have heard of them, but I think that's one of those things, like, if you were if we were to play it on the show, we'd get a response. People would say, man, I really dug that, and now I want to go find more of it. Mm-hmm. They're one of them kind of bands that they just kick ass. They're really good, but not a lot of people know who they are. Isn't uh, the dude from... Bang Tango? Isn't he the lead singer of that band? Yeah, I Joe, Joe Lestay. Yeah, Joe Lestay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, awesome band. I like him. Can you handle the next couple of questions? Because I need to look up the ones that have come in late. Oh, okay. Oh, if you can. Let's see. Where are we at? We're down to crack a two, I think. No, Jeff Taylor. It says, cool. I know you guys love Kiss, but who are some of your other favorite groups and artists in heavy metal and hard rock? Again, go back in the archives and check out a little thing called Radio Sucks Radio well, Show. And it's going to be us playing all our favorite bands. I mean, you guys know me. I'm weird. I like Ugly Kid Joe. Weird. I like Tough. Enough's Enough. I like Enough's Enough. I like Overkill. Local I H. Love Motorhead. I like Local H. I mean, I could go on and on. I love ACDC. I just, yeah, it's all good. 
too much to list here. I could go on forever. I mean, I got sitting in a room with like 5,000 CDs. Yeah. I love most of it. Right. All right. So. All right. You got an answer for that one? For our favorite. Oh, geez. Chris likes Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Alice he Cooper. Likes Alice Cooper. He likes Queen. He, oh, the, not that much, though. Just a little bit. The Ramones. The Ramones are your favorites. Judas yeah. Priest. Yeah. Yeah. But newer bands eclipse. We like all that hard rock and heavy metal. All right. This one comes to us from Krakatoo. What was the first concert you guys ever saw? Mine was Kiss here in Adelaide, South Australia in 1980. Nice. Wow. When I was nine years old, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I bet you do. Was it, what was your first concert? Was it more, uh, was it memorable? I think you go first. You uh, saw him before I did. Yeah, Kiss 1990, Hot the Shade Tour, Nashville. Hot July Night, Kiss, Danger, Danger, and uh, Slaughter. Totally memorable. Uh, you know, it's one of those, I can remember, clearly remember lots of details from that night. Yeah, yeah. very memorable night. Uh, mine was the next time around on the Revenge Tour, and it was at the Brown County Arena in Madison, Wisconsin. I remember it so vividly. I wore my leather jacket because it was freaking frigid outside. It was Wisconsin wintertime. It was mm-hmm. cold. And then we got inside, and it was one of them deals where you ran to the front of the arena and grab a hold of the barricade. And you're like, yeah, I'm right up front. I'm going to see Kiss. I'm be right here. And then Trickster comes out, and then Great White plays, and now you're dying because you're wearing this leather jacket, and people are basically climbed up on your back. Yeah. And Kiss comes out and plays, and the surge just crushes me against the stage. So I would push my hands against the barricade and breathe and be like, yes, and get smashed back up against it. I did that for the whole time Kiss was on. Back when there was general admission tickets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Great I night. Kinda, man, I burnt up in that jacket, but I couldn't I couldn't lose the jacket because it was I had the hypothermia when I walked out of there. But man, yeah, amazing. It's cool. All three of our first concerts were kissed. Yep. All right. All right. So the next one says tell us more about your backgrounds in music, DJ and promoter, I think. But that is about all I know. That's from G Witten. Okay. Um, you want me to go first? Sure. Well, promoter's a loose term because <laughs> I uh, I was very unsuccessful at it. Uh, I I initially like well I used to play in bands and then got burned out on playing in bands around 2001. Um, me and my best friend Wes were trying to get a band started. We had material, we just couldn't. Ne- it's one of those it's like the never-ending search for a singer that works. And we even had studio time because my friend Dayu. Worked at a studio, so we would basically audition singers in the studio, much yeah. like Kiss did for Creatures of the Night, and uh, couldn't find anyone that worked. And it just got to the point where me and him had kind of banged our heads against the wall for two years on this stuff, and then we liked the, the music, but I just not, – nothing was going on in my life. Um, I was dealing with drug problems. I, it was bad. And um, I just kind of threw my hands up. I was like, I need to get out of Nashville. So I left Nashville, met my wife in Kansas City. We wind up moving back. I get back to Nashville, and obviously the pull to get back in music is is strong. And I did that for a while. Um, and while I was doing a band here, it was like 2005, six, and um, I started writing for a local rock and roll website with an ulterior motive because I wanted to promote my band. And I was like, well, right. I'll, just, I'll write. I'll go out and do. I'll go to shows. I'll write reviews. I'll get to network with other bands. And I'll also get to promote my band, so it's a win-win. So I did that, but you it's were your own bot. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> with not nearly the impact. And uh, 
So I did that, but the guys that were running the website basically just got lazy and just like fuck it because the Nashville music scene is a it's a it's it, it's a really it's not a great scene. I mean, it, it has peaks and valleys. We had some times that were great, and like the guys that were running the site, they would book some shows with some big bands, and I was kind of on the team for those, and those drew well, but eventually the site just sort of fizzled. And I just told the guy running, I'm like, well, I'll take it over and I'll just run it. So I start running the site. I get a few people involved, but it just never fully gets off the ground. But while I'm doing that, I'm like, well, fuck. And I, at this point, I'm not in a band anymore. So I'm like trying to like, well, maybe I could promote shows. We'll do a NashvilleRock.net shows. That was the name of the site. So I try to, <laughs> I try to book shows and booking local bands that nobody really knows. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's a very, very difficult job. And anyone who does it, my hat's off to, especially if you do it successfully, because it's so hard, especially because you're not only dealing with a public that doesn't know who these bands are. You're dealing with venues that only give a shit about selling drinks and not promoting these bands. And then you're dealing with, but most of the time bands that don't give a shit about promoting themselves and then bitch about why no one's at their shows. Yeah. They like, they, they think, well, Chris is the promoter. Therefore we don't have to promote. And then, hey, man, only 15 people came tonight. Right, but you're relying on their fan base right. to show up for So it's, yeah. it's one of those things. Everyone has to work together, very much like an expo. But um, Good thing you got a better team around you for your oh, yeah. expo days. But, uh, so I did I did it for a while. I think I, what did I book maybe eight or nine shows. And um, the last one I booked was at Exit Inn. It was a 14-band bill. Holy shit. It was called Music City Mayhem 3. It was the third installment. And it was it was tough. It was very tough. And it, you know, I think it probably would have went a little better if Tough had been there. Yeah, <laughs> we would have had five people show up. But, um, but no, it was like I had to pay was I had to pay like almost eight hundred dollars for the rent of the room, and then another hundred dollars for the the people that were working on the team. And I basically, I, I think I we made enough to cover all that, and then. I handed out money and then I was, I was basically in the whole 20 bucks at the end of the day, but that was, and that was my most successful show. Yeah. So, um, I was not a good promoter, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much where I come from Yeah. for that. Other than that, I mean, it's all been day jobs and and real life stuff Uh, aside from that. I wasn't doing that as a job. Um, let's see. I was a punk kid in central Wisconsin who fell into a job in radio, you know, and got my foot in the door on an AM station and then worked my way up to Pure Rock Z104, which was WMZK were the call letters. Awesome rock station. You know, they played all kinds of cool stuff. I got to have lots of cool adventures. I met Ryan Cook way back in the day, (laughs) who's still friends to this day from then he was Hair of the Dog. Now he's in the Ace Fraley band. How awesome is that? And uh, I'd been in bands, but nothing ever serious i mean we're and none of mine did anything we're really in a small town in central wisconsin <laughs> yeah. you know there was nothing ever going to happen for any of them bands and you know they were fun to tinker around with and mm-hmm. try to use to impress girls and stuff yeah. like that but that was really about it as far as being in a band i can't play guitar for shit i used to be able to sing pretty good and then i blew out my voice at rock and pod and it never came back <laughs> Right before I got on stage. <laughs> I swear at some point I could sing. You're now the Paul Stanley of this uh, show. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> worked in radio for a bunch of years in Wisconsin. And yeah, you know, that was that. And moved on to Nashville thinking, yeah, I'll be able to get a job on radio, no sweat. But down here they really hold on to them spots. You know, there's yeah. all the same people that were on the radio when I got down here are still on there today. 
Mm-hmm. So probably I mean, getting paid the same too. Yeah, but then I came down here and realized, you know, I could be artistic through professional wrestling and mm-hmm. created the Aaron Camaro character for that and all that. I mean, this is really me, but at a wrestling show you see Aaron Camaro, <laughs> you know, on 11. Yeah. So and then did that for a while and then met Chris and was like I was looking for a real job at the time, and he had this thing on Craigslist that was under the job section or something. Somehow I found it. it was like, yeah. he's talking about all my favorite bands. Well, hell, I might have an opportunity at this. <clears throat> I better <clears throat> get it to, <clears throat> get it together, you know, and go down there and put on my, my shiniest sunglasses and my coolest bandana and, you know, get over here and do nail this. Au- I'm going to nail this audition, and I will get this job. This is perfect for me. Why wouldn't I get it? And then get there like, well, it's not really a job, but it'd be <laughs> Fun hobby. I'm like, just looking for people that are like minded. Really. Damn right. It sounds like a cool hobby. We got to do this. You yeah. Know? And that's, yeah, there's my background. <laughs> it's real weird how it fell in, though. It's just. Yeah, all meant to be, the, I guess. The fact that we live 10 minutes away from each other. It was crazy. All right. The next one comes from DeadPod63. Curious what your thoughts are about Kiss sending out a tribute band, <laughs> kind of like what Foreigner is doing. Thanks and love the show. Is he talking about current Kiss? I guess so. I mean, yeah, we've talked about all that. Yeah. I mean, it don't bother me as much, you know. I don't. At, I at don't. first, I was a little upset about the makeup. Yeah, thing, I was too. But I get, I understand why, and it doesn't, at the end, it doesn't really matter. It does, yeah. It's not nothing worth being upset about. It, I did, I'm, to this day, I'm not crazy about two guys wearing Ace and Peter's makeup, but I don't begrudge Gene and Paul for doing it because it's a smart business decision. And it's just iconic characters. And I get the reasoning why they don't want to create new characters for them. It's fine. Right, yeah. They're not marketing to diehards anymore. They're marketing to tire kicker fans that just want to check out a band that blows shit up on stage. And you gave me an idea that I hadn't really considered. I think last time we were talking about this is how like um, last time they did that, yeah, the results bombed. weren't that great. So you kind of look at that and go, well, that didn't yeah, work. Yeah, like why would even, you want to do that again? Even though me as a Kiss fan thought it was awesome there were new Kiss yeah. characters. But at that time, yeah, the general public didn't what, give a regardless shit. Regardless of what I thought or maybe yeah. you thought or maybe somebody else thought in the big picture of it, yeah. Gene and Paul saw it as that didn't work. I, you know, I, and we saw them this year and I had a good time. I'm yeah. glad I went. It was worth seeing. Um, the magic's not really there for me anymore. Right. I'll never talk shit about Eric Singer but, or Tommy Thayer. No, not, not at not all. seriously, because they're freaking awesome. They're great I guys. Mean, yeah, you might love Ace Frehley. I love Ace Frehley. Yeah. You might love Peter Chris. I love Peter Chris. I love that original Kiss stuff. You know? Yeah. But, but I've been with Kiss through all the years and all the lineup changes. Yeah. And this is just another one. You know, It's one of those things where, yeah, it sucks that Ace and Gene... Pete and Paul can't be together forever, be 20 forever, but it just doesn't work that way. way. So, you know, I'm grateful I got to see them that one last time. And there's part of me that I'm just happy there's still, that there still is a kiss. It's it's, good. It's going to be sad when it's over. I mean, when, if let's say things worked out differently, where after the reunion, Eric Carr would have still been alive and in good health and Mm -hmm. Bruce Kulik would have still been available then, you know, what if, what if when they got done with the farewell tour, they took off the makeup again and just went back to revenge era. Well, and I think, or, you know, even better if Eric Carr had lived, you know, you know, would people be that upset about it now? I don't know. I think the bigger, you know, and I, and I, and I guess I'm glad, I guess I'm glad there's an entity, entity called kiss, but, um, but the issue is not really Eric and Tommy wearing the makeup and these days it's Paul's voice. And what he's doing now, um, yeah. the whole lip syncing thing, I, I, I don't really like that. At the same time, if I'm given the choice of hearing Paul actually try to sing live and hearing tapes, I think I'd probably prefer tapes. And as a Kiss fan. I wish they'd be more honest about it, though. Well, but as a Kiss fan, I think, too, I don't want young people seeing Kiss for the first time 
to have this thing that's going to be burnt into their psyches yeah. and part of their DNA for the rest of their life and go, oh, that guy sounds horrible. I don't right. want that. I want them little kids to go to that Kiss show and be like, this is amazing. Yeah. And always have that as their memory for the rest of their lives, not, you know, old broken down Kiss. Yeah. Uh, let me ask- I love Kiss. and I, I love to see the legacy live forever. This is a funny one. Another one from Grayson Gallegos. Will Kissmas in July episodes actually be in July next year? <sighs> this has come up in discussion since this last rock and pod, mm. and we really dropped the ball on Kissmas in July. We've we've been able to hold it together past years, just barely. Yeah. Like even the year before, we did it. I think maybe I don't know. It's hard for us. I know some people that do podcasts come to me and say, well, we've got 50 episodes in the bank. I don't know how they do it. And I say, man, God bless you. You know, that's amazing for you. But like when we record an episode, I want to release it right now. Right. You know, I never that putting them in the bank has never worked for us. Mm -mm. I think the furthest ahead we ever were was probably two weeks max. Maybe. If that. Yeah. I laughed at that kid at Rock and Pot. He told me he had like 20 in the bank, and I laughed. And I said, you know the episode that came out two days ago? Yeah, we recorded that two days before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's a bunch. I forgot there's a ton of. I don't of, uh, know. We still got to figure out how that's going to all work for Christmas. And we're July. working. We're going to figure something out because um, we definitely don't want to abandon it. I no. just want to make sure it's worth worth your time. So I I have a I shit. I want July to become oh that's the month that Decibel Geek gets crappy, because that's supposed to be the year the time of year that all the Kiss fans you know gather around and enjoy. Right. I've got um, some from my own personal page that okay, cool. uh, let me I don't ch- have any more on my page. Okay, cool. So we'll just go to these, and then we're not. There's a ton on here too, so okay, cool. we'll have to do a volume two of this at some point because we're gonna we're getting late, long on time here. Um, and there was one, a great one from our, our friend, Kevin Williams. Well, first one, where did you get those shoes, AC? Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Everything cool comes from Japan. Japan's right. got the style. Kevin Williams should know that. Kevin Williams is doing his own podcast. From what I hear, there's something in the mm-hmm. works for him. And I know everybody loved him when he came on our, our show. Yeah. We'll be promoting a him. few episodes. So maybe someday I can come on his show cool. and do a Japanese fashion episode. <laughs> wearing a kimono everything cool comes from japan anything cool that i think is cool anyway a lot of cool stuff um so he also asked have you ever had a creepy or uncomfortable fan or guest experience over the course of doing the show i can't think of one do you know one i feel like there is one but i can't think well it was one that was more in hindsight which was the steve coronel interview oh yeah that was creepy because of what went down with him later but we also we noticed that day that he there seemed to be something a little off about him yeah he was like kind of he was kind of defensive or bullyish you remember like he got kind of he was a strange he got like at certain he'd be going along just fine and then he would get kind of pissy out of nowhere and it was kind of like what was that? And, you know, it was, I remember we were talking when we were done with it, like, he's a little strange, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously with the sick shit that we all found out after the fact, uh, that got removed pretty quickly. So that's one you will not find in the archives. As far as, like, listeners and people, I... Everyone's been yeah, great. everybody's been super yeah, cool. Yeah, nobody's we been weird. anybody weird. Um, do we, do, should we tell the Jay Messina story? Yeah, I mean, would, he's not going to hear fun. this. No, and I and, and if you're and if you usually will do this, this is, with our patron, don't this is, don't tell this to him, but yeah, just because it's it's awkward. Good-natured. 
but Javis Cena was a an engineer in the seventies. Uh-huh. Worked on a ton of huge records. Yep. And one of those was Destroyer. Yes. And, and we, this was around <laughs> Christmas in July time yes. one year. We thought, how cool. We found this guy. I think I found him. I think so. I actually found yeah, a did. guest for once. And it was like, yeah, this is great. See, I don't need to find no more guests. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> You've hit your quota. <laughs> so I'm all excited because I feel like, yeah, I'm really bringing something to the show. You know, I'm special. Chris usually finds everybody we interview. I found one, and this guy worked on Destroyer. Man, the stories, this could be perfect for Christmas in July. And he had worked on Unmasked, too. Yeah. Yeah. And a ton of other great albums over the years. Yeah, but the Unmasked plays into what But he don't know that. So we get him on the line, and we're talking, and it just became a weird thing because he basically doesn't remember anything. Right. And That makes a tough interview. It very. It was like very. It was one of the most awkward interviews we've ever had. But his go-to was, like Chris would say, "Well, I read where Bob Ezrin had said something like this, and he thought maybe this happened like that." And the answer would inevitably be every time, "Well, if Bob Ezrin said it happened, yeah, then it did." Then it did. Yeah, that was the whole. That was basically the whole hour was was him saying that. Yeah, and um, I guess so. And like, cause sounds it was, about right. So it started out being. Albums Unleashed Destroyer. And as we saw that it was going south, I was like, well, let's just talk about Unmasked, too, and just make it a Kiss-related episode. So then we start bringing up Unmasked, and he doesn't really remember. And he even told us at one point, he was just like, something like I was like, something like I was worried more about what was going up my nose in those days Uh than than what I was really doing. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, so I was kind of like, oh, well, he so he's blacked out probably a lot of those memories. And no disrespect to Jay. No, because he was Um, a really nice guy. And we tried so hard to to get him. Because sometimes, you know, other podcasters that are listening to this know sometimes you do the interviews. There's a little warm-up spot where you really yeah. get cooking. It takes and a while pretty to soon open it's up. real comfortable and everybody opens up and the stories just start flowing. Pretty soon what was supposed yeah. to be a five-minute talk ends up being, you know, two and a half hours. Yeah, it, it never got there with Jay. It, no, just, it, it was lasted. just awkward the whole time. <laughs> and we just got to the point where we just kind of looked at each other, threw up our hands. We're like, well, yeah. thanks, man. You know, is yeah. there? we said something about, I think he did a love-hate album. And he, he said, did. I, I remember stuff off that. So we always said we'd maybe call him back and do like an Albums Unleashed on that Love Hate album. If he maybe. remembers. But he said he would. He would remember that. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll we'll have see. to do that. It but... was tough, though. It was kind of a bummer because yeah. I was went from being all excited because I found the engineer from Destroyer. Yeah, I was excited for that one. talk to us. This yeah. is going to be amazing to. Yeah. It was oh, a man, it was this bummer. This ain't even going to be an episode. And when we got off the line, when we just looked at each other like, well, we, we can't use this. No. And um, because, we, you know, we. We don't just throw whatever out there for you guys. There's right. been a few things that we haven't released over yeah. the years. You know, we tried, we tried, we tried. <laughs> we tried to, to give you it all, but you didn't need that. Um, oh, you'd have been mad at us. You'd have been just like me, all excited and then let down. Yeah, and you'd be like, this guy doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Um, like I said, nice guy, though. Glad he took the time to talk to us. He tried, and so do we. So, so I got. I have to go to my personal messages because Courtney Cronin doled. <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. Did she message you? Yes. Okay, so she wants us to play this game. <laughs> and she was like, do you think you guys would do this? She goes, I don't know why this is making me laugh, but I think it's because you guys are manly men, very straight, so this could be really funny. Okay. I made up this silly game. Each of you pick five of the other's favorite musicians, then play spoon or split, meaning if you had to share a one-room cabin with them in the middle of a blizzard, there's no heat and there's only one bed, would you spoon with said rock star and share the bed or split and try to drive home in a dangerous blizzard? Only Courtney (laughs) says things like, 
I made up this little game. <laughs> she said, "She said, and it's not a gay thing. It's just silly. Oh, it's a gay thing. Um, oh, jeez. And her, no, her is, example is she was... great? Like, somebody would just be like, I just made up this little game, and I want you guys to yeah. play. You know, that's, that's so Courtney all wrapped since up in she, one right there. Since she put the work in, I think we should do this. Yes, okay. Her um, example, though, was, would you spoon with Zach Wilde on day 56 of his 77 days of not bathing or split? I mean, um, are, are we in Antarctica? Is he on the verge of dying? I mean, that's really what it comes to. No, it's here, not you know? a life or death situation. So you, you have, just you, you have, like, oh, Zach Wilde, I think you're an awesome guitar player. What? You'd like me to spoon with you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So we have to pick. No thanks. We have. Uh, we don't have to do five. Let's do three. Let's do three of each other's favorite musicians. So, okay. which of my favorite musicians would you want me to hit me with this? Oh man, uh, would you spoon with Rob Helford? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think Rob Helford would be one that I would. Only because I know that spooning would, in his mind, want to lead to possibly more, and well, I'm not. No, into, I'm not into this, doing that. But I think because it's not a gay thing. But remember? I think that's the thing, though, because. Because Rob Helford's gay, I think he would respect that and therefore not try anything. You're not going to get me to say I would spoon with Rob Halford, but nice try. I, I'm telling you, I would spoon. You would? I would spoon no, with Rob I, Halford. I would risk the I mean, uh, if we had to, if it was one of them things, like he, if his feelings would really be hurt if I didn't, I guess I would. Okay, so that's one. So let me give you one of yours. Lemmy. Of course I'd spoon with Lemmy. <laughs> as long as he told me awesome stories while we were there together. Like, Lemmy, you keep the stories coming, and I'll keep the warmth. Okay. All right. One of mine. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Vinnie Vincent. Oh, fuck. Would you spoon with Vinnie Vincent? If he asked you, please. You won't even let him come to your expo. Of course you wouldn't Of course spoon I wouldn't with spoon him. with him. I would. I would what, what would it take? If I knew I was driving into take? certain death in the blizzard, I'd still probably get in the uh, car. Well, what would it take yeah. to spoon with Vinnie Vincent? <laughs> I think this is probably good for this game. <laughs> well, the whole thing about us not getting paid to do this, that oh, would yeah. that would take a, a, a dramatic turn. That's what it would take. <laughs> it, so we you would... guys will get you know, <laughs> enough to pay for your bills to quit your real job. And yours. <laughs> like we'd have to, yeah, both of us. Yeah. We, we could spoon them from each side. Oh. I guess that we'd have to figure out exactly how long we had a spoon for. Like if. We'd have to flip a coin for who gets front. I don't know. Courtney, this is a messed up game. Yeah. This will be... Hi we guys. won't forget doing this. Hi, guys. Come play this little game I just made up. I'm Courtney. Okay. So, <laughs> so I got one for you. Um, It'll be fun. Donnie V. Of course I'd spoon with Donnie V. Donnie V needs a hug. So far, we're at all yeses from you and all noes from me. Why not? So, okay. I'm not going to try anything with any of these guys, but, I mean, if it meant getting to spend time with mm-hmm. Lemmy, if it meant getting to spend time with Donnie V and it made him happy, if it meant, you know, getting to talk to Ace about the songs he should be covering on his next Origins album. Well, I didn't bring Ace into it. I'd, I'd snuggle with all these guys. Okay, so one more know? for me and one more for you. Um, Let's see. How about Ozzy, circa 84, he's wearing a dress, peed all over himself, and he's looking for some ants to snort. I'd sooner do that with him than I would with Vinny. Yeah? So I'll say yes. I would Because okay. sp- Ozzy would still be entertaining. See, that's, that's how this game should be. It should be, would you rather, but the rather is always Vinny Vincent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would it take? Yeah. Stanley from Life, Sex, Death after he just climbed out of a dumpster. Smelling Vinny like Vincent shit. smells like roses. 
And you know he does. Stanley's looking pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more for you and we can finish this game. Um, Let me think. Axl Rose. Because hmm. I have a feeling Axl Rose would not be a fun bed partner yeah, to have. Yeah, I don't know about Axl Rose. Because I think he'd be a jerk. He'd take all the blanket yeah. and then blame you for yourself being cold. <laughs> so it's a no. At least Vinnie Vincent smells pretty. <laughs> okay, we're I'd done rather, with this I'd game. rather spoon with Vinnie than Axl. All right, let me get back to my questions. God, when you combine what I got on mine and then on the Decibel Geek page, there's a ton. How about, all right, Scott Harding wants to know, how do you go about securing your interviews? Do you contact the person directly, his or her agency, and as a follow-up, best turndown you've ever gotten in response to an interview request? That's got to be Sylvain Sylvain, right? Oh, man. Yeah. I don't think I've ever told that on the show. Uh, Not on the public version. Maybe on VIP. I'm sure I'm sure you've told it on VIP. I can, I can tell it here. Why not? Yeah. You may hear our feelings a little bit. Oh, well, it just it, uh, he just came off as came off kind ignorant of, of what we're doing. Well, all right. So Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls lives here in Nashville, and I've I love the New York Dolls. I, I really mostly love their place in history. Yeah. I'm not the giant biggest. I'm not a gigantic fan of the music, but That's I, I I'm fascinated by them. And um, I've wanted to interview Sylvain for a long time just to get the story. And then when I started doing Rock and Pot, I'm like, oh my god, he'd be. An amazing right, guest. He's right here in town. Yeah. And uh, for 2018, I approached him with kind of a dual offer of, you know, come do the interview with us and we'll promote your – because he had a book coming out like two or three weeks after the expo that year. And I was like, we can promote the book and then you can come to the expo and promote the book and you know, maybe even take pre-orders and stuff. And uh, he was like, um, the book's not out yet and when I'm ready to do interviews, I'll come to you. And I said, okay, well, what about doing the expo as a guest? No, that's not for me. And uh, it just pissed me off. <laughs> and it, I'm fine with getting a no. Right. But just the way it came off was like, really? And then I, I kind of went off on Podcast. a, I kind of went off on a rant against him on, uh, not against him publicly, but in a private message, basically saying, if you don't know, you know, our podcast has X number of downloads and you know, there's going to be 20 plus of podcasts with that big of an audience of an engaged music listenership coming together in this place. You could promote your book through all of these shows and basically have fans coming out all day to sign, get you to sign stuff for them and you can charge for that and make money off of it. But I'll understand if it's not for you. Right. And yeah. uh, I, I came off like a real ass, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of the, that's, that's the one that irritated me the most. Yeah. Other than that, I, I mean. I don't think we've had really any turndowns, really. Nothing that was, oh, can't do it right now. Or yeah, nothing where they were disrespectful about it. I mean. And as far as getting interviews, I find what works for me is I go to a comedy club and then I wait to see Ryan Cook standing next to somebody like, I don't know, Mark Slaughter. And then I run up to Ryan Cook and go, hey, Ryan, what's going on, man? And Ryan goes, Aaron, it's good to see you. Have you met Mark Slaughter? And I say, well, I know I haven't. Mark, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. That's how we do it. <laughs> in, in short, go directly to the artist. Um, don't Try not to go through PR agencies. Go. Social media has opened up a, a world yeah. of doors for us getting interviews. I mean, that's you can try to go through PR agencies and record companies, but you're it's a lot more red tape to deal with. Right. And you're, you're doing it's it on like their terms, the old fashioned way of doing it. Yeah. And then when somebody like that feels like, oh, this is me with an opportunity to show that I'm doing my job and make this yeah. interview, they're going to make it even harder. Of hoops. 
yeah. to get to this person to show my worth. You know, and you could really just catch the person at a show and be like, hey, you know, we do it on Skype. You can call me. We do, do it right now. You know, whatever. You know, just bring your recorder with you if you can and be prepared. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, All just, different answers. Mostly just going to the artist, yeah. um, either through email or through social media. Facebook Messenger is my favorite choice. Um, so, yeah, we did Courtney's game. Silly Courtney. Uh, I'm just trying to pick up some of these last few that. What, what, what do you want to do? Two, three more? Whatever, man. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I don't want to run too long on time okay. here. Um, <laughs> this is a fast one. Aaron Philpot asked Montreal screw job, work or shoot? Wrestling <laughs> uh, question. I'm going to say it's one of those that's a little, L- little bit both. of both. That was yeah. going to be my answer. A little bit of both. Um, let's see. Todd Rogers. This is all. This one. This is one of those where you're on the spot and it's so hard to do. But if you could create a super group of four musicians, who would it be? Hmm. His was Mark Slaughter, Michael Anthony, Eric Singer, and Bruce Kulick. That'd be pretty awesome. That would be good. Um, I don't know anymore. I, at one time, I'd have definitely said um, Sebastian Bach, Ace Frehley, Duff McKagan, Tommy Lee. But if I had more time to really think about it, I might go a different way. But that's what I'm going with um, on top of my head. Top of my head, John Bottom on drums, Cliff Burton on bass, oh, yeah. Marty Friedman on guitar, and Phil Lynott singing. Wow, that would be just because it'd be such a weird mix of that would be people. something. Um, That's good. I like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I wonder, it'd be interesting what they would come up with. I thought that question was going to be hard. That was pretty easy. <clears throat> I thought you were going to go the <clears throat> the old school. I go Gene Simmons, Ace Frehley, uh, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris. Super group. Um, Mark Parnell wants to know, did we send Vinnie Vincent a Christmas card? Nope. <clears throat> Don't know his address. <laughs> Wouldn't mail him nothing if we did. Yeah. Too afraid to get sued. Uh, Judy Rosenfeld Wisniewski says, when are you coming to Pittsburgh to be on the electric crush? Oh, coming to Pittsburgh? Yeah. So we need to do a trip to Pittsburgh. We're going to need seven armed security guards. <laughs> A large fluorescent pink tent. <laughs> You're going to have to pay for... Oh, wait, no. We're supposed to agree to it and then add all those things on. All right. Uh, yeah, whenever you guys can... As soon as the plane tickets get here. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. I'm, or how about this? Why don't you just come to Rock and Pot again next yeah. year? And we'll try to break off some more time we'll for do, you. Yeah, we'll do it then. Like um, next year, maybe we can host by committee. Yeah. Ralph Vieira says, please ask Rich Sir to dump my girlfriend so she can come back to me. That's not happening. No, I think I think that one's I don't think there's any shot at that, Ralph. Um Dan Nation has two great questions. First, who has bigger feet? Uh, what what's your shoe size? I wear wear a boat. I don't know, it all depends with different kinds of shoes, but I wear between an eight and a half and a nine. I wear a ten. There you go. Chris Sinzak's so got bigger feet. Bigger feet. Has Aaron ever put Chris in a headlock while wearing sumo underwear? If not, could he do so on the air? Uh, Why does it have to be Aaron putting me in the in the headlock? But then again, I'm glad I don't have to wear yeah, sumo not, underwear. You're the one not wearing the sumo underwear. Yeah. I guess that's something I'll just have to keep on the back burner for the future. Maybe <laughs> Once we go to a video podcast. Uh, upcoming, <laughs> upcoming episode of Decibel Geek, you'll hear a, uh, and a crash. And I'll be like, there you go. I did it. Oh, man. The answer is yes, just now. Um, Shane Aber wants to know, will there be any more albums unleashed anytime soon? Uh, yes. Yeah. There's a million albums unleashed I'd like to do. All the time I think about that. I listen to an album, I say, 
man, I'd love to do albums unleashed on this with him or with this on with her, you know, whoever. I mean, there's so many great yeah. albums. Of course, we want to do more. But again, it comes down to our being Skype snobs, you know. We, but there's local people we're we're yeah. looking to line up. So it'll happen again. And we will break down for the right people and do Skype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pester Michael Wagner again soon. Oh, yeah. We my, always got Michael Wagner. My brother wants to know, why didn't you guys storm Area 51? Because <laughs> uh, I've adults. I'm sane. Because <laughs> we are grown-ups, Eric. And quit trying to goad us and getting us in trouble. Um, Todd Zilla wants to know, you got any Jackson guitars in there? Got no Jackson guitars. No, we got a BC Rich here, though. We got a BC Rich and a Fender Acoustic, and that's it. Sorry, Todd Zilla. Um, well, we won't make a big deal of it when you come over here if you want to check them out. We promise. We won't make a big deal. Uh, Matt Porter. Good old Matt Porter. This is, a, this, is a, this is a whole bunch of questions. Most memorable interview, nicest guest, worst guest, and could Vinny Vincent ever redeem himself with you? Ah, uh, best guest. Those are that, that changes. I mean, it's. I don't know what defines the best guess. I mean, well, as far as if or like, maybe our looking back, in our best experience with a guess, maybe Dick Wagner. I got, Dick Wagner probably comes yeah. to the top of the list. Yeah, but there's been a lot of great ones. Dick Wagner, Bruce Kulick was or Whitfield Crane, one of the two. <laughs> Whitfield Crane. And Whitfield Crane was a Skype. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce Kulick. That was kind of that was kind of a dream come true. Getting probably a Skype to another country. Now that I think about probably it, probably was. Damn it, ugly kid, Joe. Um, nicest guest. So many of them have been nice. Man, yeah, really nice. I mean, Perry Richardson was super nice. Uh, yeah, he, Mike Mike Hutchins was super nice. Yeah, most um, of them have been. I don't think we've had too many that were assholes. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I think another really cool one was when uh, when Jimmy Pardo from Never Not Funny came over to the studio. That, that was, was pretty unique. Because, that was bizarre. I mean, he's a big star. He is. And he was like, I, I couldn't believe know, he came out. There's a whole story that goes along with that that's probably best saved for VIPs, but it was a really, yeah. really cool experience yeah. all around. I like, he was nervous, I think, because here we are. He's in a state far from home. Yeah. He's a pretty famous person yeah you know and he's just pulled up to some house in the suburbs outside of nashville and is now walking through the backyard which is fenced in the door locks behind him and now he's being led out to yeah. this adobe shed. hut yeah adobe hut <laughs> <laughs> out in the backyard and i think for a moment there i bet it crossed his mind this could be the start of a horror movie. Well, I mean, he even said, he was like, well, this is like the type of place that it looks like I'm going to get murdered or something. Right. Like, yeah, well, it kind of is. But uh, but then he came in and was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, we had we had a great yeah. time talking to really him. really neat. I liked him a lot. That was an honor to, to have him out. Again, the ones that are in person are always better. Yeah. Worst guest? Worst guest of stuff we've released. Because, <sighs> we, you know, we've got the stuff we haven't released. Worst guest. I don't know. It's hard to say worst because I don't think we've had any that were really any bad experiences. I mean, Bob Kulik was kind of a butthole. Bob was, yeah. I'll, I'll but, go with I mean, I'll we, go with we Bob. We played along with that, okay? It we was, did, but he was he was kind of a dick in that interview. Yeah. But he's nice any other time you meet him. I don't know what the deal. He was, was just not having it that day. So the Yankees were losing. Yeah, <laughs> him and his fucking baseball play by play. All right, um, let's just do one more. Well, ask of me your question. All right. Last one. I'm sorry to those of you we didn't get to. Sorry, just we've run long. We'll we'll do this again sometime. Uh, from Mark Ledley, any thoughts of taking the show on the road? 
Yes, as a matter of fact, we have been talking about that, but we don't know anybody that would want us in their towns <laughs> <laughs> is the problem, you know, and I mean, it's definitely something we've talked about. Yeah. I mean, I hear other podcasts. I li- I'm a I'm an avid listener of a show called The Dollop, mm-hmm. and they've got a really cool concept where they just tell stories, you know. And so they are able to take it on the road, but they're comedians, you know, yeah. so they're funny. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if we can replicate this style of comedy on a live I don't stage. Know that no, we, I know that we can because yeah. we do it at Rockin' Pod every year. Yeah, so. I mean, we do it, do it there every year. We're, we are actually talking about trying to do a, a live Decibel Geek show uh-huh. um, before the end of the year this We're gonna year. We're going to try something out here in Nashville first and then yeah. see what we can do from there. But, I mean, if you're in another city and, you know, you want to help with putting it together and you know and handling it um let's talk you know yeah. it, it might be if cool you, to do you can convince wherever you're from to book us pay for our hotel and our plane tickets and pay us to come there is the belief that we're gonna actually draw enough people to yeah yeah i don't know that that's, works for me but yeah, i doubt it'll happen one. but you that's know a tough one but i would i would because we can't flip it on our own dime no. and it makes it tough because I mean, we're just regular dudes. Yeah, we, we, jobs, we have day jobs. Know? But we're like, yeah, I need to take a week off because we're going to <laughs> Albuquerque or Sheboygan or wherever, you know. But no, I, I, I mean, obviously that is that's kind of like a long term goal. I, yeah. I, I would love to do yes. live shows. I think it would be a lot of fun, you know. Um, and we've already maybe talked one day. about a good concept that would work for doing live shows and yeah. everything. So yeah, yeah, we, it might happen. We've got it all covered on our end. Now we're just waiting for the world to come around. Yeah, and we're also um, it won't be the same as a live show, but we are looking at getting some video gear to do some video yeah. stuff. So because uh, you know we're, we're so make a TV show, we're so stunning. You know, you have to see us. The comedy only half translates on podcast. Right. Wait till you see us. Then it gets. Then you'll really, really laugh. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good place to end today. I think so, man. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to answer the pressing yeah. questions of today. And if we, like I said, if we didn't answer your question, we're sorry. We will do it again because it was, it was an easy show for us to do, and uh, it's kind of cool to look back on stuff and answer yeah. questions. Um, let stuff me put, we don't normally think of. Let me put you on the spot. We have to have a playout song, so why don't you pick something? Oh, it's always um, us asking guests. You get to do it now. Man, I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. We played the new Lipstick Generation last week. We played the new Toddzilla. What else is new? Let's play something new that rocks. What do you think? Not, you're picking, not me. Oh, shit, I don't know. Um, How about uh, something off of this? Yeah. Let's play something off the new Roxy Blue, but I don't know what. I've listened to it a few times. You just want me to pick a song? Sure. All right. This is uh, Rockstar Junkie off the new Roxy Blue album. Nice. See you next week. See ya. See ya.